What is up, guys? Edward here. Um, it's been a minute. Mid-convo, we took a little break for like a month and a half or so, but with good reason. Uh, if you're listening on audio, should sound much crispier now. Like, seriously, I don't know if you guys can tell, but the audio should sound super good now because I upgraded the microphones. And if you're watching on video, this space you see here is the new official mid-convo location. And today's guest I have with me here, my good buddy, Daniel Bender. He How's is a full-time freelance photographer, videographer, just like a beast content creator. <laughs> I'm super stoked for this episode. So Daniel, before we get going though, we got to roll the intro music. So let's do that. All right. dude thank you so much for coming on to mid convo yeah thanks you're for the having me first guest to be in the official mid convo station it's so pretty sweet it, like, it's pretty sweet it's pretty, it sweet. pretty cool uh, i'll do a bts video of this another time and show you guys all the gear we're actually using but today we're going to be learning about daniel and his journey on how he became a full-time content creator what he's up to now and hopefully some things that you guys can pick up in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. Some nuggets. So let's get going. Who are you, Daniel? What do you do? Man, just tell us about your story. Yeah. So um, like Edward said, um, I'm a full-time photographer and uh, filmmaker here in the Seattle area. Um, growing up, I was, you know, I was interested in photography, but I was more interested in music. And so like uh, I'd have friends that had cameras and stuff and like would make skateboard videos, but I was always more in like, you know, hey, let me record the audio. And uh, as I got a little bit older, I got into filmmaking just a little bit more. I did like a, a studio recording, but like on the film side of it instead of the recording side of it, the audio side. And um, then when I went in the Marine Corps, I was like, man, I sold all my music gear, like everything. I was like, I can't take this stuff, but what can I take with me? I can take a camera. So I got just like a cheap little camera and would take photos of like just where I was going and stuff like that. And when I got out of the Marine Corps, um, I went back to what I knew, which was music and production. Mm -hmm. And I was working down Federal Way at a church um, as an hey, audio director. Federal Way. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm based out of. And yeah. so uh, I was working as an audio director and loved it. But I was always more like interested when we would do filming for the TV show um, or like any filming for announcements and stuff. And I was like, okay, like what are these lights? What are these cameras? And I just like, I loved it. And mm -hmm. um so I left there Christmas of 2017. That's not that so, long ago. Yeah, you know, like yeah. a little over ago. a year ago. And um, I had like just started, I just found Peter McKinnon, you know, on YouTube. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, like, you know, this could be cool, you know. And then I found, um, you know, Search and Create, which was another channel. And uh, I was like, man, like this would be kind of cool. You know, I wonder, I wonder how I could do this. So January, I was, you know, looking at other jobs and I couldn't find anything. I was like looking at Microsoft. I was looking at mm -hmm. other places and there was nothing that I wanted to do. Um, I had just gotten engaged, you know, a few months ago before that. And I was like, you know what? Either I'm going to go work for someone and I'm always going to have someone over my like looking over my shoulder. I'm going to have a boss that's just like telling me what to do or mm -hmm. I'm just going to bust my butt and like work harder than anyone else and I'm going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. So January rolled along and I, I spend about like, 
I don't know, maybe six, seven grand um, on my first like legit camera setup. I bought a Sony a7R three and some other gear. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And um, by March, I had upgraded that to uh, Canon 1DX Mark II. I had returned the Sony um, and just like had started building that platform a little bit. But I was like, okay, like March is when I really hit it hard. I was like, I started knocking on businesses, like doing free work, just mm-hmm. as much work as I could do just to build mm-hmm. a portfolio. Mm-hmm. And um, by the end of 2018, I had done 25 weddings, uh, photography and video on 25 weddings. Um, I had been able to work with just companies and clients that I never thought I could work of or work with just because I wasn't going to stop. I wasn't Mm -hmm. going to take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I first on one of my first jobs, I met um, the girlfriend of a owner of one of the agencies um, here in Seattle. Marketing agency. Yeah. Marketing agency. Mm hmm. And um, she was like, hey, you should meet him. And I was like, cool. You know, so I messaged him on Instagram and he was like, sorry, I don't work with freelancers. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and um, so I, I messaged him. And I was like, well, dude, like, I'll make you money. Yeah. He's like, I'm not working with you. Uh-huh. So for three months, every week, I would message him on Instagram and be like, hey, give me a job. Like, I'll make you money. Finally, he messaged me. He's like, hey, man, like, if you leave me alone, I'll give you a job. <laughs> so persistence. Yeah, man. So um, that job ended up being with Amazon, and I was the first one there. Showed up. I had my entire um, uh, editing space set up. I was mm-hmm. doing photos for mm-hmm. an Alexa event, and um, man, they the VIP of that division of Amazon loved what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I had live edits to them throughout the entire day. Um, I was actually the first photographer to get a, um, take photos inside of the spheres. Nice. Um, and so that just kind of set it off for me. Like that was like, okay, you know, it was a good thing for the agency. Cause it was like, this dude's not messing around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just bust my butt. I was up every night till 2am editing all the photos. And then I was back at 5am the next morning. Just mm, like that's the grind dude. hustle. Yeah, man. Like, you know, when you're starting out, even when you're, you know, got a good base, you you have to hustle. You have yeah. to. And the moment you start relaxing is when someone else is going to take your spot. Mm-hmm. And so um, now moving into 2019, it's just been like, it's been a roller coaster, you know? You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, it's been one of the coolest things to see how from where I was, you know, at the end of 2017, mm-hmm. quitting my job to now where I am. Um, and some that just like the clients that I get to work with now being married, getting married in 2018 was a huge, like, like eye opener for me. You know, I saw her walking down the aisle and I had this like, Oh crap. You know, <laughs> I have to like provide for somebody, you know, it's different when you're just, uh, when oh, you're just, man. when it's just you, you know, you don't yeah. really have any liabilities or anything, but when yeah. you have a responsibility of someone else, that's kind of scary. Yeah. And, um, and so I like had about a month where I was like, okay, like, is this what I want to do? You know, should I go find another job? And, uh, the more I, you know, got into it, I was like, no, this is what I want to do. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to have anybody looking over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have anybody telling me I can't do something. Um, and so I just hit it hard. And now this year's set up for doing really good. Yeah. Doing yeah. really good. So, that's awesome, man. Well, thanks for sharing your story, your brief yeah. story, man. That was like a blur. Like, <laughs> I know. Are listening, I'm like trying to 
like I'm like trying to follow along too. Um, I already know a lot of your story because obviously uh, we have talked before the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, let's let's just backtrack a little bit. Ask a few questions along your journey. So, how long you've been married for now? It's ten months. Um, on April second. That's awesome. Or April. Congrats. Yeah. April 1st, April 1st. That's awesome. <laughs> well, that's obviously a big adult move. Yes. Uh, big decisions. Now, I am. Fin- I know that you obviously, I mean, for those of you guys listening as well, um, if you guys actually have seen Daniel's kit and all the gear this guy owns, <laughs> he owns so much gear. Like, you would be mind blown at how much gear he owns. But he's not one of those people who just buy it, you know, and then it doesn't pay for itself. Like, you definitely work hard and you've, you've paid for all the gear that you've owned Mm -hmm. so did you ever go to film school is the question no um i did not i was actually i was looking at full sale and i happened to have a couple buddies that went there and they were like don't go you know Mm -hmm. they're like it's a it's a degree but you don't need it it's just gonna be like a waste of your money and so So i didn't so how'd you learn how'd you learn all the technical things like lighting i mean you kind of had a background in audio so Mm -hmm. that's kind of where you picked that up yeah audio was i was set you know i had done work with tv stations and studio work before but but still like lighting lighting and camera yeah youtube university (laughs) (laughs) peter mckinnon maddie hapoya all these people yeah all these guys man like (laughs) but it was it was true you know i just literally every day because i had no other job I was out for like 16, 20 hours a day taking photos for free, doing videos for free for people. Just like, hey, like, you know, this is what I do. Like, do you guys want something? And then getting their feedback Mm -hmm. and like looking at my my work then to now. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, man, why would anybody even want free work? You know, but you just have to like you have to accept the criticism. So so you basically like broke through in my opinion, that barrier that people face. I think like you were saying how you didn't want to work a job. You didn't want someone looking over your back, telling you when to come in, when to leave, all those kind of things. And I feel like everyone can relate to that, right? If yeah. you're listening to this right now, you probably work a job. Yeah. And chances are you probably hate your job. <laughs> you, you probably have a passion doing something, which is why you're listening to Mid-Convo right now. Yeah. <laughs> but how, when you when you kind of jump that, you know, that big gap in between and you, you pull the bandaid off, so to speak, mm-hmm. how much of that, is like luck or opportunity i don't want to call it luck i mean obviously Mm -hmm. it's like not everyone believes in that but how much of it do you think is like timing and opportunity because this whole podcast by the way this guy's today's episode is titled am i doing enough Mm -hmm. i mean it's kind of it's like kind of contradicting to what we're talking about because you've done so much stuff so clearly you've done enough but more specifically like at what point were you like man this is enough to mm-hmm. make the jump or this isn't enough or maybe that's why you made the jump because you're like I need to do more I need to keep keep growing keep doing stuff mm-hmm. so how what did that look like for you yeah like what at what point where was it literally when you woke up one day you're like all right I'm doing this quitting my job I'm a full send or was it like a gradual thing it was I mean I think it's been a kind of a gradual thing my whole life you know I've always wanted to own my own business my dad owned his own business almost my whole life growing up so that that entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. was always there um and, you know, working when I got out of the Marine Corps, it's like, okay, this isn't enough money to support a family, to do what I want to do. And like, I'm seeing all these people. I think, I think comparison is a, a great drive factor, but it can also crush you. But comparison at that point in my life was like the most driving factor for me. Cause I was like, I don't want to be doing the same thing and have never impacted anyone for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, 
going into it every day was just like, okay, like I'm seeing what everyone else around me is doing and how can I be doing better or how can I be doing more? Mm-hmm. And even still now, like if I, you know, my wife will kind of check me sometimes to be like, Hey, like you're working too much or Hey, like, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? You know? <laughs> and it's like, Oh man, like I need to step up my game or it's like, Hey, I need to slow down a yeah. bit. Um, yeah, I think, um, how does that radar look for you? Like at what, what, at what point where you're like, do you know, do you know yourself when like you're working too much? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Burn, I guess like burnout. Like what, what does that look like for you? For me, when I start getting frustrated with the people closest around me, mm. like they'll like, I'll get, if I'm working too much, I'll get kind of snappy sometimes, mm. especially like with my wife. I, she's a good, she's my like biggest radar. Cause if I notice that I'm like getting snappy with her, it's like, okay, um, I need to check myself or mm-hmm. check my attitude and like mm-hmm. make sure that I'm putting her and my other priorities first, because at the end of the day, you know, she's number one priority and work and everything yeah. else is, is yeah. second. If your wife's listening to this, kudos. Seriously. <laughs> she's probably will listen to this, but yeah. man, yeah, she got a good one. Yeah, man. <laughs> but, uh, okay, cool. So next, I know we're kind of next topic and we talked about it briefly before mm-hmm. kind of jumping back from when you were saying like, Hey, let's do this full time yeah. uh, film thing. And then you're also kind of getting married around that time. I know that you were like, about a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, I'm gonna repeat that. You were a hundred thousand dollars in debt, mm-hmm. and then you're thinking about doing this whole uh, filmmaker thing. Yep. Some people don't even do the filmmaker thing because they're like, "Oh, I, I only have two k in my bank account." Let alone not having that much money, and then also being over you know six digits in debt. Yeah. How did you come out of that? Like, how are like you obviously are in the positive now, and you're yep. buying year and you're kind of growing your business but how did you get out of a hundred thousand dollars in debt and in what time frame did you do that yeah so when i got out of the marine corps i made some stupid decisions with credit cards when i was in the marine corps um so i got out of the marine corps with about a hundred thousand dollars of debt and um getting married um you know working up to getting married my wife's dad was actually like hey you know i went to ask him for her his permission and he said no you're you know you're in too much debt. Oh, and I was like, Oh man. So like I had to get my stuff together. And so up to that point of getting married, you know, I was just like, I didn't go out to eat, didn't go do anything like which people, you know, do for fun. I just hustled. And so when it came time to start my business and to pursue this, you know, full career, this full-time opportunity of working for myself and really just being in control of my life. Um, you know, for me, there was no other, option it was either i'm going to work for someone else and make 40 50 maybe 60,000 a year and be stuck at paying off that hundred thousand dollars you know over the next five to ten years mm-hmm. you know because i'm not going to be able to do anything else or my life is up to me and i'm gonna you know work as hard as i can to to do that off and last year we were able to pay off a lot you know mm-hmm. and we have just a little bit more um, you know, we have just basically our cars and that's about it. And those will be paid off. We'll be completely debt free. And, you know, by the end of this year, which will be amazing. Hold up, hold up. So hold on. What is that? That's like two years. Yeah. You paid off a hundred thousand dollars, almost a hundred thousand dollars in two years. Yep. That's crazy. And, you know, even now, like we don't, we don't go out to, um, concerts or parties or, um, or do dinners every single night of the week. Like we're very strict on our budget. Mm. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, like I have a lot of gear and mm. I'm a big gearhead. Um, but I only buy gear if I know it's going to pay itself off. 
True. And, um, you know, every piece of gear I look at, I have to look at, okay, how often am I renting this? How often am I needing this? Where, you know, in the next six months, what clients do I want to work with? And what gear do I need to work with those clients? Because, you know, like you don't need gear to, to be a filmmaker, to be a photographer like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't need the best. But depending on who you want to work with, gear does talk, mm. you know, um, and it does take your production level and it inspires you to be better. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm looking at gear, it's like, okay, you know, how soon will it pay itself off? Is it going to make the jobs I do higher paying? And is it going to inspire me to continue doing this? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's, you know, that's one of the number one things that because I've got myself in so much debt. That's been one of the number one like considerations that I look at every time I spend money um, on myself and on my business. You know, you have to be able to um, invest in yourself for other people to invest in you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, I mean, like I I would have to agree. Like, if you can't buy the gear, like if you're buying gear and you're like, man, it's gonna take me, you know, four or five months to pay this camera off. You probably shouldn't be buying that camera. Yeah. If you're going to be buying any kind of new gear, you should be able to pay that off probably like within the next two, three invoices they just send out. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a rule of thumb for everyone listening. And that's not just, that doesn't just go in the filmmaking space. No. That's like anything, any creative space or industry requires gear, whether you're a graphic designer, photographer, filmmaker, anything really, uh, you will requ it requires gear. Yeah. And who doesn't want cool, nice, sleek looking stuff? Yeah. But it's definitely, there's a timing for everything. And you don't want to purchase stuff on a whim mm -hmm. like me and buy this whole podcast <laughs> setup that you're listening to right now. <laughs> um, that's funny. Okay, so the next question that I have actually is, you briefly mentioned that you've been able to work uh, with some pretty cool clients now. Mm -hmm. um, you've worked with companies like Lululemon, Nike, Reebok. And you recently just told me right before this that you landed a gig with the Cardinals yeah. baseball team. So clearly you're working with some high profile clients. How do you, how do you land those clients? Like when I was first starting out, if you told me, okay, your goal or your job is to get a gig with Nike in a year, I would be like clueless. Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of clueless. Like how, <laughs> how do you even, how do you even go about landing clients like that? Cause Nike obviously isn't going to knock on freelancers door and be like, Hey, do you want to film this uh, $20,000 budget commercial? Yeah. Like how does that, what does that look like? Um, man, I think it's just consistency. So when I first started out, one of the first companies I went to was soul cycle mm -hmm. and I went to them and I researched the heck out of the company. And I found out that all their marketing and all their content is driven from New York. They use an agency only out of New York. They don't do anything for their West coast studios or any other studios. All their content is from there. So I went to the locals, their local studio, which was at Bellevue at the time. Now mm -hmm. they have Bellevue and South Lake Union. And I went to them and I was like, hey, like, you know, I see this is the case. Do you guys want content for your own studio? And they're like, yeah, you know, we don't know if we can do that because everything's from New York. I was like, well, how about this? I was like, I'll do work for the next three months for free. And if corporate likes it, I want a contract. And they were like, okay <laughs> you know and i was like no i'm serious like i'll work every week i'll come in and do photos for your entire like for your instructors um and like your staff every week they do um so what's called soul style so all the new mm. clothes come out every month and they do stuff like that so i would come in and do photo shoots for that um and as well as like their own 
their instructor's personal stuff. And three months later, when they launched um, South Lake Union, I got my first, you know, contract with them, and I did an entire grand opening video and photos and everything. And since then, that that was really the door that opened up almost everything for me. Mm. Uh, from there, I was able to work with Nike, and from there, contacts with Lululemon. Wow. And um, I mean, everything else that's followed really came from SoulCycle, and then the people that I met along the way, mm -hmm. just being able to network and be like, hey, like. You know, this is who I am. This is what I do. Yeah. How can I help you? And then researching, like finding, not a weakness, but finding where you can help benefit them. Yeah. And for, you know, at the beginning, SoulCycle was like, hey, I can benefit these West Coast studios, mm -hmm. you know? And um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that ties in really nicely to uh, the am I doing enough question? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you just said that you went to SoulCycle and offered them three months I don't even think I could even do that. Dude, <laughs> like that's crazy. So you basically did content for three months for free. Mm -hmm. And then obviously that paid off in the long run, like yeah. heavily. Cause you work with some pretty big profile clients after that. Can I ask how much you got paid for that first grand opening stuff? Like when mm -hmm. like SoulCycle actually started to hire you? Yeah. So that what first, did that look like? Yeah. So for that first video, um, it was three grand, um, for that opening video and shoot. And part of that was, that was all I asked for. Um, yeah. You know, um, at that time, I thought that was like a ton of money. I mean, it still is it for still some is people. It still is a ton of money. Yeah. You know, like if, you know, if I have a job in two weeks, it's like three grand, you know, that's a ton of money. Yeah. You know, um, and so you just have to put it in perspective. But at that time I was like, man, like I can make three grand doing this, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so that was like one of the biggest eye openers was like, man, like yeah. this can be real. Yeah. I think, I think when I first had my first thousand dollar client, I was like, Oh snap, thousand dollars for a video. This is crazy. Yeah. But if you're listening to this and you're trying to get into filmmaking or anything creative, just know that the numbers that me and Daniel are talking about right now are stuff that we, that's like where we are kind of now. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind, like Daniel obviously did free work for three months. When I was first charging videos, I was doing videos for like $200, $300. And I was like, that's where I started at. So yeah. I think it's a, pro a common problem that a lot of filmmakers first make is when they first start, they come out the gate, guns blazing. Like I'm about to make 2K off this video. I'm gonna get into wedding and start, you know, making a ton of money, which is like, you could, it's all about timing and opportunity. Yep. But if you take a more humble approach and you're like, hey, I just wanna bring value to you. Mm -hmm. you'll be able, it'll pay off so much more in the long run yeah because you just start somewhere and like you said new doors will open up i, I think something yeah. you said like bringing value i think that is the number one thing that any anyone can do if you're looking to work with someone whether it's a individual a couple a business if you can find a way to bring value and not just value that you think but value that will really connect with their company or who they are um, that will take you places you never thought you could go that, like mm -hmm. being able to one identify where you can place that value and then how to act on it mm -hmm. is huge. Um, because people like all of us, you know, you want to know that I have my, have your best interest in, you know, my heart and mm -hmm. what I'm doing and vice versa. Like, you know, we're friends, mm -hmm. but when you first meet people, you don't know them from anybody else. So if you can, um, portray that value and that friendship and, you know, connect with people on a personal level, even if it's one little thing, um, that'll, that'll, yeah. you know, grow you and your business mm -hmm. immensely. Dude, something that actually on that same note of value, something that's been working really well for me that I kind of want to give a tip to all you guys is 
it's, it's been working really well. So whenever I'm on a call with a client and I'm trying to close them, mm-hmm. whenever the, the name, the numbers game comes up, cause it always comes up. They'll be like, how much do you charge? What's the budget and things like that. I always do this. I always say, Hey, you know, Joe or John or whoever the name is. I I'm so open talking about numbers, but I just want to put that aside real quick. What can I do for you? Like, what do you need? Let's not talk about numbers right now. Like how mm-hmm. can I bring you value? And then I will fit in the numbers from what you need. And mm-hmm. they're always like, oh, wow. Like they actually care about yeah. what I need. And he does not, just, he doesn't want to just send me an invoice. And that's been working really, really well. So just kind of piggybacking off what you're saying, offering value is like the number one way I think to close clients. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, like with that, whether it's weddings or if you're doing social, like one minute social, social videos or um, whatever your market is that you're wanting to step into, you know, having those base packages like we always do, those are great, but the amount of times that people go with just one of those packages is so few. Mm-hmm. Like being able to customize and offer that customization to, to clients and potential clients really lets them know, like you said, that you care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that for anyone watching or listening, if you haven't done that, man, like make your base packages, you know, figure out what is worth your time and also worth someone else's money mm-hmm. and time. But then also be available to customize things for whether it's their budget, you know, sometimes going over and above, even though it's more work for you over someone else's budget, you never know when that's going to pay off. I can't even like tell you the amount of times that I've done free work or work for so little money that I thought it was the biggest waste of my time, Mm -hmm. but I did it with a good heart and did it just because I wanted like to help Mm -hmm. whoever I was working with and how many times it's come back and just blessed me like. I could never imagine. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think it's, you reap what you sow, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to that kind of stuff. And this is a little thing, a little hack for you guys. If there's a gig that comes your way and you don't want to shoot it and you're like, you like, ah, it's not really, I'm feeling it mm-hmm. like triple your prices Yeah, and then make it worth it for you. So if it's like a thousand dollars and they're like, okay, we're down. And you're like, I'm not feeling it. Be like, just charge them 3000 and let's see if they bite. And if they do, then you just made $2,000 more yeah. <laughs> on a gig that like you don't didn't really want to do, but now you're making $2,000 more dollars. So that's kind of what I've been doing now too. So if I get gigs my way, okay, my clients are listening. I love <laughs> all you guys. I love all the clients I work with. Oh. But um, if you do get a client that you're not really too enthused about, just, just like double, triple your prices, and then you'll be surprised at how many people want to book you. Yeah. So something that I was dealing with, and I feel like a lot of people do deal with uh, when they're first starting out is resources like mm-hmm. where do i go for help yeah and you know they do the same things like they'll slide into people's dms they'll watch youtube videos and kind of get the blanket advice from a lot of places yeah. um, get a mentor right but obviously you've grown a lot like mm-hmm. in terms of your filmmaking skills where would you say are like your top three places that you know to grow your skills and i, I don't mean, don't say like youtube or yeah. like ask your buddies like specifically because i have like my own three too that i can Mm -hmm. share but i want to hear your three like to the t where did you go to build your skills Mm -hmm. as a filmmaker and all the knowledge you know right now oh man that's a that's a good question um i think number one was watching other people's content um so like watching movies that i liked um watching YouTube, you mm-hmm. know, but specifically I would watch Peter McKinnon specifically. I would watch, um, Maddie mm-hmm. and there was other people, um, you know, and different content creators on Instagram 
that I would like people around me. Um, and I would specifically just go watch and look for their styles. And like, you don't have to take everything that, do, that they do because my style is not like anyone else that I was watching or like that I was looking at before. Mm -hmm. Um, and then finding for me, I found a group of like three other, um, friends, but at the time they weren't really friends, just people that I saw that were creating all the time. And I reached out to them. I was like, Hey, like, can I can just like shadow you? Can I come just watch what you're doing mm -hmm. and see what you're doing? And literally, and I learned this from doing audio stuff, but I just, I didn't ask questions when I was there. I would just watch because normally 99% of the time, if you just watch and stay silent, your whatever questions you have that will be answered. <laughs> and then you'll yeah. look really smart because you never ask the question and you just know. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so specifically I would watch other people's content and study it, not just watch it and be like, Oh, that was a cool video, but study it. Like, okay, how did they get the shot? Was it, you know, at 24 frames or was it at 120? Like, was it a really, did I like the slow motion or did I like the faster paced stuff? Mm -hmm. Did I like the angles they were using? Um, you know, did I like them taking the camera and pointing straight up to give this like really big power shot or did I like them, um, using a really tight compressed, um, focal length where all the background was blurred out and like, it was just the, you know, mm -hmm. like super shallow depth of field. Um, and then studying other people's content for like style. So whether it's colors, if you want really dark moody colors and, or if you want like really unsaturated, un, um, uncontrasted, you know, decontrasted monochrome looking. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then just practice, practice, practice. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think I've learned more from my clients and then really anybody else mm -hmm. and their feedback. And then just my own feedback, like reviewing. Cause I'm always going back. I have like 60 terabytes of footage and stuff. And I'm always going back and looking at it like, Hey, what could I have done better? Or how can I, um, you know, how can I use what I did there in mm -hmm. the stuff I'm doing now? Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, to recap, to recap, yeah. um, studying footage, studying themes, and then looking back at what I was doing. Nice. Yeah. Very, very good answer. Yeah. Very good answer. It was a tough one. I kind of threw a curveball at you there. Yeah, that's okay. I hope, you know, I hope that's not too vague. No, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't vague. I think that was, that was more like to the, to the, to the T than most people would give answers like yeah. usually always hear like to watch YouTube and you know uh, go out and practice and try new things but still like blanket you know but yeah. I like that I like the answer you gave very in-depth um, how important do you think it is to have um, like a community or mentors do you think you could do it all on your own or it's very crucial that you have people that you're surrounded by that create videos too I think it's, or, really, you know, whatever space you're in. Yeah. I think, you know, whatever space you're in, you want to find people that are doing the same thing. Um, you know, there's two different ways you can look at it. You can look at it, everyone else's competition. And if you give information or if they give information, you or they are just going to steal it. And then you're going to lose clients. You're going to lose opportunities, which I think if that's the way you go about your business, you're not going to last very long. Mm -hmm. I think the most impactful people and the most powerful or the most, um, influential people that's probably the better word influential people within a um market or a division or however you place yourself in the industry um they are the ones that are sharing you know mm -hmm. um, whether it's sharing your knowledge sharing information sharing techniques sharing just your life or your story 
that is the biggest way to connect with people. It all comes back to con- how you can connect with people and mm-hmm. how you can relate. Um, you can be like starring on, you know, as the DP or the director of every major film, but if you never shared any of your knowledge with anyone, no one would, would ever want to work with you. Mm-hmm. Like you would have no legacy. You would never have any, you would have all these people looking at you like, wow, you're this great person, but you would never have anyone that ever knew you or anyone Mm -hmm. that ever could vouch for you or be like, Hey, like this person helped me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think surrounding yourself with people that are better than you, you know, you'll gain friends and you may surpass them in your knowledge or you may surpass what they're doing. Um, as far as like the amount of money you're bringing in or the clients you're working with, but always look for people that you want to emulate. You know, mm-hmm. it may not be everything, mm-hmm. but one thing you can always learn is even if you do not like anything anybody does, you can always take at least one good thing from it and model that in how you are mm-hmm. and how you act and how you do business moving forward. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Right on. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good one. And especially trying to find those people and that specific group of people that you're trying to, you know, work with and be inspired by guys don't do this thing don't don't hit up people that aren't in your level yeah. and just say like hey let's collab yeah I think, don't. That's, I think that's the worst thing you could do i think maybe you can vouch for this too but not that that's a bad thing i think collabs mm-hmm. are great like right now we're collaborating yep um but it's really important to kind of understand your market and where you are uh, as a creator no matter what you're doing because by asking someone let's collab it it kind of sounds like, hey, you're Let basically shooting you. yourself in the foot because you're kind of saying like, hey, you're better than me and I suck. Can I just like leech on your stuff and mm-hmm. learn from you? And it, so instead of saying, trying to accomplish the same thing, instead of saying like, hey, can we collab? Say something like you did. I like how you said like, hey, can I just come? I won't ask questions. Can I just watch what you're doing? Yeah. And then try to build something there. Like don't try to build something like in the DMs and say like, hey, okay, let's collab. Mm-hmm. Because they, because they take collabs. Person, you're probably DMing. They probably take collabs more seriously. They're probably like, if we're collabing, then we're exposing each other, mm-hmm. etc. We're each these, gaining and we're exactly, each giving. Exactly. And so, kind of, kind of going back to the value thing, you want to be able to offer value. But before you get to that point, if you don't have any value to offer quite yet, don't just say like, let's collab. Yeah. Let like say something like, hey, can I just show up? Do you need any help? I'll take your photos. Maybe for your Instagram, mm-hmm. you don't need to pay me. I'll just show up and I'll just learn from you and yeah. I'll give you photos for your Instagram. That's like a surefire way. Who doesn't want photos for themselves? Exactly. Like, so if you guys are listening want to come out and take some photos of mid-convo podcast. I need an editor. Yeah, come, come through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I think I'm sure you get a lot of people asking you like, hey, let's collab. Let's mm-hmm. work together. But you know, check out their stuff. It only We live in a world where it literally only takes two seconds to glance at someone's profile to see if it's someone that you resonate with. You can basically do a full background check on someone within 10 In two minutes. seconds. Oh, yeah. Two, 10 seconds. Yeah. Like, literally. Two clicks and you already know what they do, what camera they shoot with, uh, who they hang around, and who follows them. Yeah. It's pretty kind of crazy. You know, I think that's a good point. I actually had a, a company hit me up, DMs on Instagram, two weeks ago. And they were like, hey, like, we love your page. We love your content. We'd love to work with you. And I was like okay you know i was entertaining it and they were like okay cool like um this is what our business does and i was like okay you know that's really cool like you know they give a huge percentage of their um income to a few different organizations and charities like you know that's really cool and they're like oh you know but here's we're going to give you this free item but you need to pay for shipping and you need to pay for all this other stuff i'm like okay well you have three thousand followers 
I have 37,000. Mm-hmm. You're making me pay for something that I'm never going to use. Why should I do this? <laughs> I just straight up asked him. I was like, how does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I was like, that would be like me coming to your business and be like, Hey, um, I don't have any money, but I want this, 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 and this, but Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to just like post a selfie with you or Hey, I'm going to tell my friend down the street that you're here. I was like, that doesn't make sense. If you would yeah. come to me, you know, if they had come to me like, Hey, like we want to offer this to you and man, we would love like a shout out or something. I'd be like, sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Or like, Hey, like, you know, we, we would love to, you know, offer you a discount on this or, you know, however it is. Um, but don't come out the gate. Don't come out the gate. So like, Hey, let me use you for my Mm -hmm. advantage. You never want to like, you never want to use people or use businesses. You don't want to come off that way at all. No. Yeah. How do you view social media? I Mm. mean, obviously like this is kind of, I talk about this with everyone who comes onto the show, but how important is social media in this creative space? Um, and where do you stand with social media? So social media, Instagram specifically. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not on Twitter. I have a Twitter account, but I don't use it. I just, I've never understood Twitter, so I don't use it. Mm-hmm. Facebook. I just, it's like more like for like my family and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. really post anything. Instagram's where all my business is from, you know, probably, and probably like 70% of my work comes from Instagram. Really? Yeah. And That's you know, kind of shocking actually. And people will hit me up or email me and like, I'll get a lot of stuff through word of mouth, but it, it all roots from Instagram and my content on there. Interesting. Um, which I don't know if that's normal. A lot of people that's not as normal. Well, cause I just made, I'm, I'm about to post a video tomorrow talking about how that's not normal. Oh, so that's oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, we got like opposing opinions here. Yeah. Cause it, I view, I basically think that you don't need a following. Yeah. No, I don't to, think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like, I guess you don't really need Instagram to grow a business and we mm-hmm. can agree on that. Yeah. 100%. Um, but I feel like a lot of people get caught up in thinking that Instagram will bring immediate like success. So no, if you have like a hundred thousand, 200,000, 300,000, then you're like, boom, I should be getting brands paying me 10 K 20 K like mm-hmm. out the gate, which is like totally not true. It's not true. And also not only, even if it is true, why would you want to build a business off of that? Like yeah. you want something more worthwhile. You want to build something that will like last Sustain and even cause like, like we had that, um, that Facebook Instagram blackout a couple weeks ago, yep. like oh, for man. a whole day, it wasn't running. And I, I thought I my honestly, phone just wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> and I had like, a, I had like a glimpse of what it could potentially be like that if there was no Instagram. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if, if Instagram and Facebook wasn't around, like where we'd be. Yeah. And like, I, I would be okay. We, we would be okay. Cause we run a businesses outside of social media, but all these like people who are trying to get clout and get all these brand sponsorships like you're screwed because mm-hmm. you're not gonna make any money you're yeah. gonna get back to probably bagging groceries because you're not an influencer anymore yep. so not bagging not dogging on influencers i think it's cool that you can like ride that wave now but that's why i'm saying it's so important that first if you're not an influencer utilize this time to not be an influencer yep. and build a business and build your business and then if you are an influencer utilize this time to leverage your audience and build a business that's yeah. off your audience mm-hmm don't just like rely only on audience or strive for like becoming an influencer. Cause yeah. I feel like it's the new fad, the new thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's really not going to like help in the long run. Yeah. I think that's very true. Like when I say 70% of my business comes from social media, that's Instagram is where I use it as my portfolio. Yeah. So like I have my website, but I don't invest a lot in my website and that's that. Okay. Is, yeah, yeah. That makes um, sense. 
that's probably a negative on me just because I haven't taken the time. Normally I'm just, I make you're excuses. Just too busy. I'm too busy. You're too busy, man. You know? You're too busy. Um, <laughs> so if you're a web developer and you love web design, let me know. Cause yeah. you know, I could use it, but, um, social media, Instagram for me is where I, that's like my portfolio. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I send anybody that reaches out to me. I send them immediately to Instagram and then that return coming back to me, I guess that's more of that 70%, but it all comes back to people, you know, having that word of mouth business, growing your, the foundation of your business. You know, you can, if you're an influencer, you can literally go from zero to a hundred thousand million followers like that or whatever the case may be. But if you've never built that foundation, the moment that that one thing goes away, um, it'll destroy you, you know? And I found that out last summer, you know, I came back from my, my honeymoon and I had invested all my resources into one like major client mm. um, and one agency. And when that client left that agency, I had no work. I had my entire summer work was gone and I had to figure out real quick. Okay. This is time where retention, um, you know, clients become huge and clients that, you know, set your base, whatever your base salary or your base work, whatever that is come into play mm-hmm. and social media at that point, that's not, going to be you know it's not going to help you it's not going to help you you have to be able to connect with people and show that value and then work harder than anybody else Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is it pretty surreal to be where you are now like i know that everyone tries to like especially in the creative space when you're kind of crushing it you're doing well everyone likes to brush it off like they're sending out these fat invoices like it's a normal everyday thing but even me like sometimes when i send these invoices i'm like holy crap like I don't know if I would even pay this to myself yeah. <laughs> for a video like this. So is it kind of surreal to be where you are now? Like, is it kind of everything you had imagined it would be if to send out your first five, $6,000 invoice and you get that wire to your bank account? You're like, wow, $6,000. Yeah. Like, I think every you know, time that, I mean, every time that money does come in, I'm like, oh man, Oof. you know, <laughs> yeah. like it does sit me back. Um, How do you stay grounded though? Also humbling. I do a lot of free work. Okay. Still like, I think one of the biggest things you can do is just get back. Mm -hmm. And so like my gym, I do free work for them, you know, Mm -hmm. every, every month, which led to more work. Ironically. So this is one of the biggest things that I love. Yeah. We should talk Um, about that. Yeah. Let's talk about free work. If you aren't doing free work, you need to do free work. Mm -hmm. Um, and really only for the fact of just like make yourself better, Mm -hmm. you know, bless people and give people just, just give, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, there's a book called the go giver, which if you haven't read it, you should go read it. It's all about just giving of yourself and giving of your resources and your talents to just help other people. And you'll be amazed at what happens. But so based off of this, so, um, my gym CrossFit, I've been in CrossFit since I was a kid. And so I was like, Hey, you know, like I want to come in for this CrossFit open these f- next five weeks and do free work I'll, every week. I'll do photos and, you know, highlight video for you guys. And out of that, I've gotten three jobs and there's two more potential jobs just from um, people who either saw those videos or go to the gym that own their own businesses or have connections. And those jobs just from that, let me purchase some pretty cool new gear Yeah, and paid for it. Yep. And because of just that free work where I had no intention of making any money at all, like I was like, cool. Like, this is just what I love. This is a passion for me. 
um, someone I met through this, you know, his life motto is driven by passion. And I think that's really cool. You know, if you do everything you do with passion, just like with this, um, I, I mean, passion is really like the best word for it. You just do it with this drive. Like people are going to notice and people are going to feel this vibe off of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to want to work with you. You know, if you have a smile on your face and you just like love working with people and you love what you do, you know, there's always going to be bad days and there's going to be days where you're like, you're like, man, like, can I do this? Mm-hmm. But if you just, man, you hustle and you work with that passion, people are going to want to work with you. And that's what happened with this. It was cool. It's cool because the free work led to more work, yeah. ironically. So I think you just need to open all doors. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be bougie about who you're working with and don't be closed minded. Yeah. That's the most expensive thing that you can have is yep. a closed mind. So uh, I hope for those of you guys listening and watching, you guys picked up some really good nuggets that Daniel had for us tonight if you guys would like i'd really appreciate it to go onto itunes and leave a five-star review on this podcast it's gonna help us get to where we need to go and i just have so many things planned for this podcast in the future you know having more people like daniel on board and if there's anybody that you guys want on the podcast make sure to leave it in the review to review too and we can try to like filter through those as well but uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, dude, thank you. It was great. We'll probably hang out or something. Yeah. After. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Later. Cool.